Welcome to the Enneagram Enthusiast Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. Last time, we left off in our interview with Lynette Lynn of Enneagram Coaching Solutions, and we're going to pick that right back up here. We were talking about her journey and discovering the Enneagram, and in this episode, we're going to get into more of what it's like to be an Enneagram Type 8 and her journey through coaching in the Enneagram. Thank you guys so much for subscribing, for sharing, for rating our podcast here. We so appreciate everything that you guys are doing as we look forward to many more upcoming episodes. Let's dive back into our conversation with Lynette Lynn. I love how you said it's a lot of fact-based stuff, knowledge-based stuff when you're doing stuff like going on Google or you're reading books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good and you get a, a basic understanding, but it, then it goes into how do I maneuver this into my life? How does this, how does this work? Mm -hmm. When this situation comes up in my life, yeah. how do I learn to think differently or respond differently? Mm -hmm. Not that you're wanting to change, but you're wanting to become more healthy. Yes. That's the thing. Become more healthy yes. and who you are and who God created you to be in the first place. It goes back to what you said. We go back and we put the mask on. We go back to the defense mechanisms that mm -hmm. we've had in our life. And mm -hmm. it's this automatic response. And unless we have somebody, like you said, coming alongside of us to help us keep in check and help us understand the why behind all of that. Right. It's so good. You so know, Ryan, good. I heard um, analogy, actually, Beth McCord, my instructor, she uses analogy that I just love this. And she talks about looking at the Enneagram like the rumble strips on a road. You know, as you're driving along the highway, if you stay in the lane, you're good. But as soon as you hit that rumble strip, it's like, you know, it shakes you up and wakes you up. Well, the Enneagram is really helps you to see like, okay, I am moving off, you know, that path of health, you know, what other, all those masks and things for each one of us, that rumble strip, it gets you back on, on the the path, you know, we were, went on a long road trip, my husband and I, this summer, and I would be taking a nap and anytime he barely touched it, it just rattled our entire car. So imagine if you're working with a coach and you're able to come back, you know, weekly, bi-weekly and talk about certain situations where maybe you wish you wouldn't have handled it that way. That coach is going to help you to see where that path is and then to get back on it. So how about, you know, next time you try this or whatever that is. Like I said, I'm a kid's pastor, so I'm very visual in everything that I, so I learn. Yes, yes, but that rumble strip is what I think about. And I feel that in my own life. You know, when I start, because anger is really a thing for AIDS, when I start feeling that, I'm like, okay, that's my rumble strip and there's something going on. And mm. then I can you know, talk myself through, okay, what is happening in this moment? You know, is it impacting one of those core fears? Am I feeling out of control? Do afraid someone thinks I'm weak? You know, all of that, and then getting back on the right path. I love that. I almost want to divert for a second here, because mm -hmm. uh, you said that as an eight, anger is like one of those rumble paths for mm -hmm. you. Talk about eights for a second, being an eight yourself. Right. What are some possible other rumble paths, so to speak, that an eight would go through in life or deal with that they could possibly help recognize those things by just talking about them real quick? You know, for an eight, uh, like I was talking about earlier, we are definitely led by our gut. And really what that means is it's, there's an imbalance in being led by our gut because, you know, you in the feeling, you're in the feeling, feeling triad. Yeah. You are also being led by your gut, but if you're in more of a balance, but you tend to be led by feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So understanding that piece for an eight, they they will tend to act and then go, oh, 
you know, look back and say, sorry, kind of thing, right. you know, and, and for an aide as well, I think it is that struggle of that, not necessarily needing to be in control of every situation, but not wanting to be controlled. Yes. So it's that piece of, you know, I have no problem following a leader until one, I feel like they've taken away my voice, maybe, you know, that my voice isn't welcome at the table, let's say. Well, for me, it's really difficult to not feel like I can speak into something and then be a part of the direction of something. So I think for eights, that's really a struggle for them is they tend to go by gut impulse and they want to be the the leader. And these things all get us in trouble. But the other piece of that is always, we always have something to say. Like it's Mm -hmm. really hard for us to be quiet. You know, if we feel something, we will say it generally. Um, Assertive is is not an issue for us. Not at all. And I actually really appreciate that a lot. I know a lot of people could be intimidated by like stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but I am the type of person that I would rather just hear it Mm -hmm. and either go, that's good Mm -hmm. or ouch, you know, but at least I know. Yes. At least I know. There's no like second guessing, trying to figure it out underneath everything and what's the, because I will go into stuff and just make up stuff in my mind. Yes. And I think a lot of people do that. Don't we all do that? Yes. Yeah. And so that's a great thing about it. Well, you know, and that, because we, we stand for truth, we want truth. We sniff out when truth isn't there. Mm, So when someone is trying to manipulate us, we can pick up on that, like, you know, it's a superpower. And we have, honestly, most states I know have no tolerance for dishonesty or, or beating around the bush or just get to the point. You know, one of the things that I had read about an aide at first was how they just want you to, they want you to be upfront with the details from the start. Mm-hmm. So having people in my life that tend to want to tell me the whole story before they give me the bottom line I would tell my team that I would work with, it's like, start with the bottom line and then tell me the whole story. Because for me, I just want to know first, what is it that you're you're trying to tell me in this moment? And then we can talk around the other stuff. So that goes back to that piece for an aid as well. They want to know what is right out the gate. And if they don't get it, they're going to ask and they're going to push until they get an answer as far as what that looks like. And again, it's that whole piece of not wanting to be seen as weak. One of the oh, misunderstandings about an eight is that they're a bully, that they're tough, they're jerks, all of those things. And I think we all have had eights in our life that have lived that well. It's like the few that make it the the norm, what people yes, think it is. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, those are the unhealthy ones that unfortunately people remember. Get all the yeah. glory. For, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the thing that I think I want people to really know about eights is eights have such big hearts. Like underneath that tough exterior, they are so compassionate and so loving. And that whole piece that we talked about in the beginning about fighting for injustice, you know, you look at Martin Luther King Jr. He was an eight, Mm -hmm. but Stalin was an eight as well. So look at the the vast difference Uh in that. A healthy eight versus... dichotomy in that. Yes, Yes. a a very unhealthy eight. So seeing how... You know, how he fought, Martin Luther King fought to the death for what he believed in, for the people who had no voice. That is the other thing I would say about an aide is they want to speak up for the people that don't have a voice. And even looking back at that, I found to be so funny because, you know, working with 
mentally ill patients. Like those people do not have a voice, you know, Mm. especially the ones that are chronically mentally ill or children, you know, kids don't have a voice. So the fact that I was drawn to those two fields really isn't a surprise as an aide now looking back on that. Yeah. 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 What does coaching look like? Like just in maybe like a session that you do or mm-hmm. um, just kind of everyday life as you're going through this and, and helping people? Yeah. You know, there are four different paths that I take my clients on. One is discover. And the, we start with discover. If a person does isn't sure about their type, what I find is a lot of times people are waffling between two types. You know, they can really resonate with this and they can really resonate with this type. And so really a developed session, it's also known as a typing interview. So this would be the time that you would really sit down and talk through asking the right questions for maybe those two types they're looking at. Because it really doesn't do any good to take the wrong road. You know, like when you're on vacation, you don't want to take the wrong highway, right? So until you know your type, you can't start the work. You know, I see um, Ian Cron's book on your desk here. You know, he often tells the story that it took him 12 months to nail down his type. And that gives people, I think, a lot of hope and a lot of, they can relax a little bit. Right. I think a lot of people are so urgent about, I've got to find my type. I've got to find my type. And it, yeah, it took me almost four months to figure it all out. Yeah. 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 So it takes time. Right. And so that would look really different if we would have stuck what we originally thought we were, and it would have been like a shoe that doesn't fit kind of thing. Uh So being able to nail down what your type is. And, you know, I just have to use this moment to talk about a pet peeve because we were just talking about finding your type is when people type each other, you know, their friends. Have you seen that? Oh, no. Yeah. No. It it, Doesn't it drive you crazy? Yes, because it does way more harm. Yes. Even if it's just out of fun. Right. It's one thing because Sierra and I would, when we first got into this, you know, we're trying to figure out the types and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So we begin a conversation like on driving home somewhere Mm -hmm. from visiting LA or something like that. And we just have fun. Like, what do you think about this person? What do you think? But it's one thing to have those conversations just one-on-one with somebody that you're working this Mm -hmm. out with. But it's another thing to go and have a conversation with that person and say, oh, you're a type two. Yes. That's, oh no. Yes. And you know what's interesting is the clients, some of the clients I have worked with the hardest in typing have been the ones that took the assessment Felt like they knew their type. And then someone came in and said, no, you're not that type. You're this type. And what a struggle it's been. And some of them still haven't landed on their type. Because Mm -hmm. especially if those people that are speaking into it are people that you respect or have power course, in your life. Yes, yeah. Then all the more you're like, oh gosh, I don't know I don't I guess I don't know so my type. So confusing. Yeah. But see the thing in that that I know that you feel passionately about making sure people know this is it's not about the behavior. Right. And that's why we type, you know, in our minds we're like, oh there are a seven or a three. And it's okay if we think that, but don't let those words come out of your mouth. No. Because you and I, I mean, we don't know what's going on inside of somebody. Like, what is the, the whole motivation? Backstory. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So isn't that the hardest mold to break out of is this isn't about behavior. The Enneagram is not about so looking good. at behavior and deciding it. It's about understanding what's going on inside. So back to the original, the, I do the discover session just to help someone land on their type. Once we do that, oftentimes people will want to jump into the next series, which is explore. And so that's the time that we're just taking to really 
understand the type because as you know it's not a rubber stamp like every three looks like this because I know you know so much about the Enneagram and how many layers there are to it you know you're talking wings and then your arrow lines and then yes. subtypes and all of that well when you're in the explore session that's when I'm really just starting to pull away the layers and even the influence of your parents can affect your type as Absolutely. well. So that's what Explore is. You know, I take them on usually five sessions where we're just going through exploring their type. What does that look like in everyday life? And then the last um, is develop. And the people that I tend to have come in for develop sessions are really at a pain point in their life. Um, they're struggling within their marriage and they just need some help. How do they navigate through that as far as their type goes? Having that, the pain point is really a motivator, I find. Like that is what's drawing people to Brings me first. Mm -hmm. And then we will end up going back into Explorer and like, hey, let's just really take a look at your type. Yeah. And trust me, we will be addressing, you know, career choices, marriage issues, that kind of stuff in that. So okay. that's kind of what that looks like. Would you mind um, obviously being discreet, but mm -hmm. um, in your experience people that have had transformation. Yeah. Uh, I know, Kelly, you, you've mm -hmm. been kind of letting Lynette take over here and everything, but you might want to jump in here as well on this. I heard you had a, some great stories, but if you don't mind, just in your guys' experience and working with people, what has that been like? Yeah, no, I can give you a testimonial, like a firsthand testimony of what coaching looks like versus just look, Googling stuff about yourself. I mean, when I first discovered my type, I'm a type six and I hated it. I was so embarrassed. I did not want anyone to know this about me. I would have really probably dropped it <laughs> if it weren't for Lynette. You know, every time Lynette was learning something about the sick, she's asking me, is this true for you? And so for me, initially, even just uh, worst case scenario thinking, I thought, I don't do that. I would have always called it problem solving. I, I'm a good problem solver. Yep. Um, but I I didn't realize until walking through, like Lynette asking me some questions about what does worst case scenario thinking, what does that really look like? And walking through like situations in the past of where I have worst case scenario thought my way into something so deep that I would sabotage a relationship over it or a friendship or because I went through so far in my thinking that this is going to happen. Wow. And so then I just made it happen. Like the things you made up actually became a reality. Because I made them a reality. Mm -hmm. um, and so part of that for me is understanding what worst case scenario thinking really look like, realizing that I need to externally process these things because well, the, the committee in my head mm -hmm. uh, is crazy. You know, there are things that I think were going to happen that would never happen. And so part of that, even as, you know, Lynette asking me these questions and her, one of the tools she gave me was even just saying, like, to ask myself initially, what's the worst that's going to happen? Give myself a real life example. That's good. And yeah. then move forward, you know? And so because of that, I no longer, I really am not seeing myself projecting so far into the future anymore. I feel like I'm living, my thoughts are in the present. And when I ask myself that question, what's the worst that's going to happen? most of the time doesn't even the, come close nope. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so I am able to make decisions where before I mean I find myself paralyzed in decision making because I've walked through two worst case scenarios and they're both equally bad and I don't want to make the wrong decision
So I can see the value in coaching. If I was just looking up Google Facts and things on the internet and looking at memes and whatnot, I never would know how to get myself out of that thinking. Mm -hmm. It's like, I relate to that. That makes sense. Yeah. But how? Mm -hmm. And like the rumble strip, when I see myself heading down that way, I can stop myself. Lynette, do you have any examples of people you've worked with? You know, the, the thing that comes to mind is I've had a few different clients talk about how they had been in therapy for years. And please know, I'm not saying that therapy and counseling is a bad thing and this and that this would take the place Oh, no, of it's that. a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. But those couple clients I'm thinking about who both said, you know, I was in therapy for years and I felt like I never moved forward out of what, you know, what to do next kind of thing. And, you know, after going through this coaching, these coaching sessions, having those concrete tools that they felt like they had gotten a lot further in the personal growth piece. What it originally brought them to counseling was crisis, you know, and that's exactly where you should go mm -hmm. when you're in crisis. Go to a trained professional. Yes. But when you're looking for self-discovery and, and to grow and that the Enneagram really will help in that. So, you know, I have a friend who... I just love to death and she's a one and she, she struggles with the whole perfectionist piece of being, you know, good and, and good, bad, that kind of thing. What's perfect, what's not and all of that. And she is just so sweet. She'll text me and just say, Hey, this is happening right now. What do you think? And just to be able to even say, okay, in this moment, I want you to really tap into the high side of seven. Cause right. That's where they go yes. in growth. Uh -huh. Tap into that. And, you know, ones have a hard time letting their hair down and having mm -hmm. fun. And so in this case with this person, it was like, you're going on vacation. I want you to tap into the high side of seven. Yeah. And then to see her sending me pictures of, you know, her, you know, having fun with her kids and, and, you know, just having a great time. So even just giving those kind of tools. And when I say tap into the high side of seven, of course, she and I've already had a conversation of what the high side what of seven is. looks yeah. like. Right. Yeah. So it's not like, okay, what does, what that, does that mean? mean? Yeah. yeah. But to be very concrete, like try this, do this, you know, don't, you know, stay away from this. And it was so cool because even going into her vacation, she had a plan. She's like, okay, the one in me knows that I need to get this, this, and this done or else I can't tap into the seven and have a great time. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of balancing that we find about ourselves. Because if you can never turn off what's going on in your mind or in your heart, you know, or in your gut, then it leads you to disaster. And honestly, that's really what it all comes down to me because I felt like I kept hitting the same roadblocks before I really understood the Enneagram. And why do I keep hitting the same thing that's keeping me from moving forward? It's like, here it is, two years later, I'm, you know, in conflict with authority again, that kind of thing. But then seeing that there's a way around that. There's a way to move the roadblock and keep heading down the road towards health. I love hearing all this stuff about the value of coaching because it really brings to light the depth that the Enneagram can go into mm -hmm. somebody's life and how it can change them. Now, you just started off in this just this year, basically, and mm -hmm. you've started making this transition. Where do you see all of this stuff going? Well, because I'm an eight, I have big plans and I plan on taking the world with this. But for me, using this Gospel Center Enneagram approach, I, my heart is really to get into churches to work with staff, you know, helping them to understand this, but as well as members in a church. But, but Ryan, the other piece of that as a kids pastor, 
teaching kids all these years, I see the value in understanding my type as as how I teach, but my heart is really for educators as well, to help educators understand how their type influences their classroom setting. You know, we don't, we never want to type kids, but you can look at kids and see that, you know, there's certain things they're exhibiting, whether it's fear or, you know, they're an eight and they're storming everything. But for, you know, helping educators understand that piece as well, but parents, Gosh, my heart beats so much for parents. You talked about that a lot during our first conversation. Yeah, Yeah. because that piece, I really wish, you know, I have five kids. And if I would have understood my type back at the beginning of my mothering journey, I would have dealt, I would have handled my kids in a different way, knowing when I hit those rumble strips for me to know how to get back on the road to health as far as how I was dealing with them. And my husband... I love him to death as a two, which is a helper. Well, an eight and a two, I mean, I go to two in health, mm-hmm. but for eights and twos, let me tell you, we parent totally different. That would be the opposite. Yes. yes. It was very much the opposite. And neither, again, one's not right or wrong, but we clashed because of our parenting. Mm. So even helping parents understand their type, their, and, and their spouse's type, but just understanding how they can be better parents with this tool of the Enneagram. And then marriages, that's the other piece of that is, you know, my marriage, like we talked about in the beginning, we've seen our relationships change, right? My marriage is so much better than it was before I knew all of this. And I know Kelly said that's true for her as well. And her husband will say that. Having that tool, being able to understand one another and how to communicate. So, I, I mean, really the sky's the limit, but I, I do, I want to work with parents and teachers and marriages and going in even to secular businesses and helping teams learn how to use the Enneagram for problem solving. Because really, if you're learning how to problem solve and communicate better, you are going to have, your organization is- Exponential growth. Yes, exponential growth. And the effectiveness when teams really start working together as a team rather than the push-pull. So we want to just, like I said, take this to as far as the Lord will allow us to take it. And, you know, for your listeners today, we really would like to give a discount. That would you know? be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So 33% for your listeners, and they just need to put in the promo code enthusiasts. Okay. Perfect. And hopefully everybody knows how to spell that. Yes. So they'll no. have to Google it if they don't. <laughs> right. There you go. Back to Google. <laughs> so they can just go on your website. Yes. How do they get in contact with you? So go to EnneagramCoachingSolutions.com, and we have all the information there, what services we offer as well as pricing and just a little history on the Enneagram and that kind of thing. So just a a initial discount off the discover session. Yeah. So the first session they'll get 33% off and that'll get them started anyway. That's wonderful. So if you're listening, head over to EnneagramCoachingSolutions.com. Check that out. You guys are also on Instagram. Yes. At that same handle, Enneagram Coaching Solutions. And Facebook as well. And Facebook. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I want to thank you both for taking the time to come and join us. And we really appreciate that. Coaching is a huge aspect. And I hope everybody out there got a glimpse into what that can do in your life. 
That concludes our interview with Lynette and Kelly of Enneagram Coaching Solutions. I'm so thankful they joined us today. I hope you guys learned a lot and enjoyed the podcast today. You can find us more on EnneagramEnthusiast.com. You can email us questions or comments at EnneagramEnthusiast at gmail.com and find us across the board on social media as well. As we say goodbye for today, until next time, just remember the greatest gift you can give someone is the best version of yourself.